Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 267. I'm your host, Brian, and I'm not going to be a meanie poo-poo. Joining me this evening, Mac. My new favorite word this week is kleptocrat. <laughs> okay. And Ian is with us. Hey, I, I might be a meanie poo-poo, might not, who knows. See how it goes, right? The flow. You know, I could change yep. my mind. We're going to talk about Christians, so that I might I, I might be a meanie <laughs> poo-poo. <laughs> and Mad Cat is with us. Hello, hello. Hello. And we have the dumbass himself. Dude, where's my sea serpent? <laughs> um, how are you supposed to... <clears throat> I, I don't well, know. Do you live that close to the sea? Uh, you buy them, I think. That could be the problem. If you don't live close enough to a, a proper body of um, water like that, um, you're going to have a hard time finding the sea serpent. You know, it's really... Saying, uh, I wouldn't like it in my bathtub. <laughs> yeah, probably have a few problems with that. Well, wait a second. Isn't isn't that just a euphemism for penis? <laughs> <laughs> we would never be that crass on this podcast. No. <laughs> How is everybody doing? Oh, still alive, still kicking. Went to a barbecue today for my nephew's. Uh, he's getting married this year in a couple of weeks. So it was nice. All right. Cool. I mean, so, um, the uh, mini poopoos weren't they in Yellow Submarine? No, blue minis. Blue mini. <laughs> blue minis. Okay, good to know. Close. And, uh, and dumbass. So, are you implying that uh, when when Asgardians talk about the Midgard Midgard serpents are talking about you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Myth and Legend Con is coming up on the ninth through the eleventh. Of August. Yeah, I, I will be there. Um, I got three panels and then the massive autographed session. So should be a fun weekend. Nice, relaxed con. Low-key, can go hang out. and commute. If you're in the Denver area and you want to meet local authors and artists and such, this is a great place to do it. And also, his better half, Lorelei, I've heard is going to be on 50 panels. Ah, uh, I think it's seven. <laughs> but yeah, she's going to be quite a few. So not, so not 50? So, yeah. And she has a bit more because he does the music and stuff. So they, um, there's only a handful of the geek music crowd all in all. So she got in on that and they definitely want to use her. Because right. that's apparently not that, you know, they, they have panels for it all the time, but they don't have as many people interested as, you know, artists and fan panels and stuff like that. So how's the attendance for that stuff? If they don't have, if they can't get people to come and do the panels, how's the attendance? Well, there are my people that do them, but it's just the same person, people over and over again. Oh, I see. So having a new person into the mix will hopefully help to you know, make them a little more interesting. Okay, I see. So, and I think this is the final Myths and Legends Con, right? Yes. Regretfully, it looks like this is the final one. But All right. still should be a lot of fun. And what else are you hawking? Okay, so as always, I pimp myself out here when I can. I do have a new story in the Divided States of America universe that... um just got put out um you can i put two links here and they both have the different relevance um so you can find it on either amazon or through nomadic delirium press um with amazon the advantage there is you get the attention it um helps with the rankings and if you guys are really cool you can leave reviews and get it noticed on nomadic delirium press however i make more money because that's directly from nomadic delirium press so amazon doesn't take their fee out of it before we make money off sure so that um, so I like I, I make more automatic to learn press, but I'm more likely to get better exposure through Amazon. 
even though I make about I think twenty thirty cents less that way. And make sure you which, buy that with which your. Do you, which do you want more, the the money or the recognition? That, that's that, that's where it gets a bit tricky. I think, especially at this stage, uh, the recognition definitely helps. So I would love. And if you've read any of the other rights, because remember, this is my seventh story in this universe. And I have a lot of people that have come to me and told me how great my other stories in this universe are. But I'm not getting that many reviews on Amazon. So honestly, if anyone has read these, please. And it's a big thing, especially for you know low-level writers, to get the reviews, to get people going there and upping their att- the attention to it. Because um, once you get, I think it's 10 reviews or so, that gets you to a certain level of notice where it's like, okay, you know, Amazon will be more likely to move it to whatever, however they do their lists and stuff. It's a bit confusing, but um, the reviews do help you get noticed, do help you get um, higher level rankings within Amazon, stuff like that. So they are a big part of it. So So anyone who reads, especially small print um, authors, do that. You know, they all need it. It helps every one of them out. I think it's more impactful, though. When you when you're looking at Amazon reviews, if it says you know, verified, you know, purchase, yeah, and so oh, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not saying to people just go leave me random reviews. Please go buy yeah. the stories first, obviously. Right, but here's the thing: so they buy it at the at the Nomadic Press and then leave an interview. Yeah, I, I mean it's still legit. It just it, yeah, right. how do you know for that, sure that they did the, it? Right, you know, with so many different places to find it at. Because even though there's Goodreads and something else that um they always post them to, so there's quite a few places you can find it. But Amazon's the best for exposure. New Amsterdam is the pre- press is the best for money. Or you could be really cool and do both. And <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, I mean, unfortunately, what? I'm I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to leave reviews on my, on Amazon due to my username on Amazon, which is uh, a sock puppet. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're going to buy Eva's penis vacuum, you want to know that it's been used by that person. <laughs> I believe that. Valid point. Now, uh, should we maybe uh, stand on a street corner with a megaphone uh, shouting praises for your work? Um, if you think they'll get me extra sales, go for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hey, sure. Tell you what, Ian, tell me when you're doing your last story in the divided states of America, and I'll go on the street corner with a sign saying the end is near. <laughs> right. Hey, I was only supposed to write one to begin with. The fact that I've now um, gone to seven and am the most prolific writer for that um, universe um, says a lot about how much I've enjoyed writing it. So I can't see myself ending in between other projects. I could very much see myself going back and doing yet another one. That's great. So, not that we have a, a link about this, but I mentioned that my new favorite word this week is. Is kleptocrat? You did Anybody mention know that. the definition of that. Um, I used to a politician that steals the power. A politician that basically gets into power to steal from their constituents and to steal the steal the natural resources and sell okay. the natural resources of the country. So, okay. uh, well, know, we would never have a president that would do that. Basically, the Trump. Yeah. So. All right, Mad Cat. Yeah. Would you Would you mind telling me what time it is? Ah, yes, I shall tell you that it is Ian and Dumbass's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present 
Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. There are times when we want an echo. <laughs> Listen, I add reverb and echo when, when I do that section. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how that sounds then with my <laughs> the echo on top of the echo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, so uh, I I didn't see I was looking around and unfortunately what I what I put in here is not sexy. Nine of the biggest lies Christians tell us about sex and marriage. Woohoo. Only nine. And well, th- this person had nine. This is from okay. um mic.com, mic.com, mike.com. I don't know anything M-I-C. about these people. Com. I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Let's mm. um, see. Because it, it's always interesting, you know, I mean, because this stuff is subjective, right? I mean, it, it's not like we're looking at this for, you know, any sort of definitive answer on anything. Um, but it is nice to know, who, you know, who wrote the article and, and what their bias is in general, right? Um, I'm suspecting that these people are, are uh, like, I read, I read a couple of articles about, Christianity and sex, and one of them was very much, you know, pro-Christian, and this one is, um, I don't know if it's it's so much anti-Christian, so much as, I don't know, I guess you guys, yeah, so, I I don't know, I'm just, I'm gonna go through and we're gonna read, um, the, the myths, and I believe, this probably stuff we've already talked about, um, so let's talk about sex, baby, yes, let's talk about sex, baby, but we're not gonna talk about you and me, I'm, I'm sorry, Mad Cat, um, but that's just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> Virginity is a biological event. And I think, I, I think a dumbass is the one that uh, has commented on this one before. Um, that there uh, is. About vir- yeah, virginity not being something that uh, is easily defined. Yeah. I, oh, I've, we've, we've had the talk about virginity in the past. I know that. that I mean, this certainly. This is not a new topic for us. But here's the thing it's not that there's not value in the word. Right, but there's it's not a it's not like there's something biological that happens when the penis enters the vagina. Right. In fact, actually, I have one story I've written that kind of mocks the idea of virgins being needed for spells. And the guy's point, I was like, no, no, you don't really need a virgin. That's just um, some masculine tried BS to control women. Sure. Um, but yeah, so there's there's nothing that that changes biologically that happens. The idea of the hymen well, breaking is. I, I was going to say that the hymen breaking, but not every woman even has uh, even has that. Well, and, and the hymen and, shouldn't break in sex, actually, if it's done right. That was another thing I think we've covered way back when. Yeah, and we've talked yep. a lot about the hymen, and and age will will make a difference as far as that's concerned, because we know that it becomes stretchier as you get older, and it's more brittle when you're younger. Um, but yeah, once again, the the hymen is not, and it can break many many of other ways, and probably breaks. Long before the person has sex, anyway. and can break multiple times, it can heal back up. Absolutely, yeah, it can heal. Yeah, so it's not, so it's not, it's not some magical thing that, right? Yeah. So, so, so that, so you know, so, but I, I do think that, I mean, it, it's a word that describes somebody who has not had sex, I guess. But what does that mean? Does, does, does I mean, does, does that only mean penis to vagina, or um, uh, you know, I mean, what, what, what constitutes? not being a virgin anymore too right i mean it, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a it's kind of a strange question yeah i oh, mean uh, if you if if you've engaged in uh mutual oral sex with uh somebody um 
that I mean, uh, you're obviously not like sh- some, um, you know, somebody who just like, uh, oh, se- sex is bad. I'm not going to have that. Uh, you, you, like you're obviously engaging in something that is uh, sexually arousing and beneficial. Oral sex uh, is sex. You'd still be counted as technically a virgin by like uh, the penis yeah. and vagina. Right, but I, I think that the I think that the uh, I think that the word virginity is defined as um, a bride who the husband can tell that yes, three inches is far above average. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're saying so you're saying the idea of not having sex before marriage it was invented by men with small penises. Yes. Uh, it was invented by men. Period. So. <laughs> but specifically, so that men with small penises could say, "Listen, this is a big one, honey." <laughs> Actually, it wouldn't surprise and me. And specifically, so the women don't turn around and say any different because they don't know when. But I think that I think that porn can just you know you know take care of that in. Um, I mean, a, a quick trip to Pornhub. <laughs> Well, uh, that's <laughs> actually that's actually something way too far in the wrong direction. Yeah, it is right. At least, at least, uh, at least the uh, professionally produced porn. So yeah, because those are, I mean, significantly bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the internet any, is nice. No more, no more having to like go into the back of that novelty store with your ha- hand over your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, any movie where the director has to say, cut, call in the stunt cock. <laughs> Can't start. Call it's not giving us up. <laughs> All right. Marriage automatically makes sex amazing for everyone. And that's a strange uh, no, way to put it. Brainwashing does. <laughs> but brainwashing does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't it, wouldn't it be better to know if you're sexually compatible with somebody before you get married? It is a lot of pressure too when you think about like how much uh, how much um, emphasis uh, a lot of these people put on like how your your first time is supposed to be intense and magical um, and like and, and of course you know it's supposed to be with the person who you're truly meant to be with and that that'll just make the things like the most magical uh, your wedding night is the most magical thing that could happen to you and it's sex uh, doesn't always work out that way even uh, when there's this much pressure put on the wedding night should sex be that event, that type of an event anyway should we be building sex up to be like a be like a roller coaster <laughs> I mean, does that make sense like pussy you know what makes sense to mm. me is if if instead of instead of uh making a you know essentially a fake event like a marriage into something that is into intimate trusting transparent and mutually satisfying why not just make why just not why not just be that way in relationship well sure um i don't know what map cat what were you gonna say you use the word pussy so i'm interested <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you have pussy sparkles come out <laughs> exactly. on the first mm. time <laughs> right i just think that that like um um, I mean, like, I'd be looking for, for virgins to do if that was the case. Uh, I, I mean, like, I'll, I'll just, just like rainbow of pussy sparkles. sparkles coming out. Uh, that that would be an uh, interesting thing. I, I think, you know, if that was to happen, you'd get a lot of guys be like virgin hunting. <laughs> like like I, that, that pussy sparkle. That's a, I, I need a girl who will do this pussy sparkle. Can you make that? That, that would be 
I mean, it'd be like you would know, right? Oh, there was no sparkles. Well, <laughs> I think it's a good thing that that's not the case. You know, you know I, the other thing too is, do you want to be? You want to make sure you're sexually compatible with somebody before marriage? Well, yeah, but do you? Are you sexually compatible with that person, or do you make yourself sexually compatible with that person because you have a good relationship? I guess that is possible. But it's also possible that two people might have a lot in common and be terrible together in bed. Yeah, but I'm just saying that these are things. These are things to kind of strive. For. Like I mentioned, two virgins are terrible in bed. <laughs> yeah, I mean it takes a little know-how, yeah, and, and and that's another another thing that culture uh, basically says that uh, how you perform, how you satisfy each other in bed, um, is a real test of your relationship. When you know, like. Uh, it's a lot of pressure to put put on the other partner, and uh, there could be other ways you'd work around that. It's a real test of your communication, right? It it it, it has less to do with with prowess and more to do with communication to to have good sex. Mm. It does. Well, it also what might be good sex for a pair of people might not be good sex for somebody else. So maybe. Maybe having sex that satisfies is good sex and not necessarily sex you compare to everybody else's. But what I'm saying, I'm not saying compare it to anybody else. What I'm saying is that it's a function in communication so that you and your partner are getting what you want. Not so only what you're saying is that what you're saying is that although we're not communicating, we're saying the same. Sure. Basically, <laughs> knowing the feel and reactions a person has is a type of communication as well. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. So if you're watching the reaction of your partner while you're doing things to them or with them, then you will or you should be able to start understanding what they like and what they don't like. Mm-hmm. This is also where... Yeah, but, uh, the, yeah the, the point is that it's, it's not necessarily an automatic thing. And sometimes like uh, the communication uh, takes a little longer and stuff like that. And people can get... Uh, really frustrated at either uh, not being able to uh, uh, satisfy their partner that way so easily or like their partner not being able to satisfy them that way so easily. And yeah. uh, there shouldn't be that much pre- pressure on it, I, I think, you know. Um, it if, all depends uh, some, on... Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, uh, it shouldn't be the thing that uh, uh, absolutely defines how good uh, you are in your relationship. It's, uh, it, it's something that... Uh, uh, doesn't need to be placed on such a high priority. I think you no, can't just. It's co- all a communication yeah. matter, and if you're only been together for a short amount of time, you don't have that communication. You can't go stomping off towards the clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no! Stampeding uh, towards oh, I'm sorry, the clitoris. Stampeding. <laughs> Ramming speed. Okay, sex is only for heterosexuals. Uh, cisgendered people. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Do we even need to cover that? I mean, come on. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I mean, like, if you define sex only as penis and vagina, then maybe, but... Okay. I, do, no, I don't I, define I it that way. That, I think that there's a lot of Christians out there who might not publicly admit, but uh, but think that sex between two lesbians is just satisfying. I'm sure it is. Well, hey. Oh yeah, people people who get totally grossed out by seeing two guys kiss would be perfectly okay okay seeing two girls kiss. Yeah. True enough. I'm not grossed out I mean, by either. <laughs> you, 
in which you think you, of it and I'm a lot more interested in the two girls kissing, but I'm not going to say anything about the two guys kissing. Well, I think it's okay <laughs> to have a preference, right? I mean, <laughs> that is true. Uh, I mean, I once told my sister when she was making out with her girlfriend, hey, that doesn't bother me, but just don't be doing it all the time. That's like a, <laughs> anyone smooching off. PDAs? Go to your room. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you're not married by a certain age, you're screwed. I, I think that anymore, I mean, we're seeing people getting married later and later, but I'm, I think that particularly, you know, I mean, there is a movement, you know, uh, amongst some Christians to they marry people earlier and earlier, right? I mean, and I think that, you know, because I think that they can lock them into Christianity, um, you know, get yeah. them into the guilt cycle early. It's brainwashing. Sure. Uh, also, I, I'm kind of offended about the way this, I, I'm kind of offended about the way this Christianity today quote is in here it's it's cultural appropriation it says uh amid our purity pledges and attempts to make chastity hip we forgot to teach young christians how to tie the knot and you know honestly that's cultural appropriation from bondage enthusiasts and i I think that's very offensive or if it's a failure by the boy scouts could be a failure boy scouts can mess it up i mean not tying is is a boy scout thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, a um, Girl Scout thing is to sew them into the basket. They didn't pull that quote because they liked it. They pulled it because, like you say, it's offensive. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, so, exactly, uh, what organization should be uh, uh, teaching kids about how to tie the knot in bondage? <laughs> oh, the bondage knot. <laughs> you know, well, not school, apparently. <laughs> um, any, any. Any quality producer of of good hentai, <laughs> the blue girl. But there I do go. like the uh, I do like the point that they're making here that it's it's really all about making more little Christians. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I bet you totally right. Get them locked into the guilt cycle. It and really they well, use get them, they use get sex. them locked into the guilt cycle, but also get them young enough that they can have nice of ni- lots of nice little christians to be to be there for the next generation of the church and this is important because of future articles in this program <laughs> yep yeah well you know you, you got to have uh, more young people to make feel bad when they masturbate exactly right yep but you have to make sure that those companies that make the anti uh fortification well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, I just want to say shame orgasms aren't the best orgasms, but they're certainly popular in the church. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, I am going to I am anything, <laughs> that, anything that cuts into the supply of 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 nubile fresh-faced altar boys is, is damaging. <laughs> <laughs> I said it wasn't going to be a poo-poo head and I lied. I clearly lied. <laughs> uh Having sex before marriage makes you damaged goods. And that's one of those things um, covering when we covered the um, absence only stuff where they talk about chewing gum. Oh, do mm, I remember that. That was so messed up and wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. I've yet to be with a virgin, and I don't consider any of the women I've been with to be worthless because, I, yeah. Here's the thing is that they, they do create a problem amongst certain people. That if they do have sex and and then later are like, oh, my God, I had sex out of wedlock, they can create this 
Yeah. Damaged well, goods like effect. Like a young girl that's been raped or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Yeah. It, it wasn't anything they had control over. And now, according to that, their philosophy, that girl's worthless. Well, so, well and, yeah, already, this now, is something that is said by some people. They yeah. will turn to survivors of rape and tell them they are damaged goods. Yeah. It's something that I've heard before, and well, but, I couldn't figure out why they come up with that. It, well, because it is the it is the girl's fault that she got raped in the first place. Yep. Forgot that we forgot oh, hey, that we look. blamed the victim. Like, she it, shouldn't have been wearing pampers. It's it's covered in the mm-hmm. first sentence here. No one is damaged goods, no matter how much sex they've had. You're not damaged goods. This is a lie. It, this lie is extremely dangerous for survivors of sexual abuse. There we go. So that's what we're talking exactly. about right there. It's right there. So that yeah. so it's, that's their point. Women. Have a good point. Women must fulfill. It's, right. it's, a, it's what happens. Women must fulfill men's needs. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, see, that one's not a lie. But I think it goes both <laughs> ways, actually. In a good relationship, you fill each other's needs as they come around. Sure, that is true. Absolutely. One night you do the spanking, the next night you get to get spanked. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> um, a little bit of cake. I like I, it. Yep. I had a uh, I had a relative that was involved in. Uh, I think the church that she was in called it Marriage Encounter. And really, the focus of the whole thing was all about how you should wear makeup and wear pretty clothes for your husband. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, it's mm-hmm. it's the kind of that purity culture, too, right? Isn't, the, isn't that big yep. with them? Mm-hmm. Men marry for sex, women marry for love. <laughs> Not necessarily. God. Well, there's there's another branch to say women marry for security. Yeah, sure enough. And I think that well, uh, there's there's another branch that says that that men would do anything for love, but they won't do that. <laughs> and actually, I remember on this one site I was blogging on, this one girl, um, very much, although she didn't admit it, but it was, um, married pretty much to have sex because she she was obsessed with sex. But oh, she's a good Catholic girl and can't have sex, so she's married. And that marriage did la- not last long and was pretty messed up. But she got married before she had sex. So she could pretty much have sex. Wow. It That's was too a bad. quick, I mean, she barely knew the guy and stuff, but yeah, it was messed up. Yeah. I, I think her name was Brittany Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Marriage. It, that marriage. Was, is- that was, that was mean. I'm the one being the mean, the meanie poopoo. Meanie poopoo. If you hear that, if that a man marries for sex, why would he do that? I mean, men get more sex by playing the field. Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. I I think the secret to faithfulness as a man in a marriage is all men have a wandering eye. the The secret is to also have a lazy eye. <laughs> so, you know, you you look at her and you go, "Boy, she's really attractive." That's too much effort. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, I have to credit. I don't remember the comedian's name. Okay, but he uh, he he made that. I was gonna. That point. I, I, I I was gonna be pissing you there for a second, but no. The, okay, then I saw where you were going. <laughs> because I th- I think I think the idea that. We, we we do see that, you know, people get into a relationship and they're like, oh, I'm not supposed to look at another woman. Fuck that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not no, true. And my other women, they, I mean, uh, of course, don't leer at them. Don't, uh, 
you know, don't, don't like act inappropriately, don't act inappropriately toward them. Right. Like, uh, take a glance at a pretty woman and imagine her naked. Sure. But, uh, you know, like you, you can be appropriate about it. Well, but don't touch. That's all. Yeah. But yeah, but I'd like the idea that they're just too much work. (laughs) Yeah. It's just too much work. All right, here we go. Marriage is forever. Um, Mac and Ian, would you like to comment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess yours is a little bit more biz- bitter than my than Max. <laughs> uh, you, you forget my marriage. What was? Oh, that? yeah, yeah, that's many right. Of you, yeah. Many, many of you know that uh, my wife passed away on me uh, a few years back. So right. So that uh, <laughs> that that wasn't forever. <laughs> nope. Well, yeah, but. Technically, it was till death do you part. So that's true. Sorry, that is true. Sorry, cuz <laughs> I would have preferred her here, though. She was a sweetie. Thanks. All right, masturbation is a sin and possibly gay. <laughs> we've talked about this. We've talked about this idea that 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 having when you masturbate, you're having sex with a man. <laughs> yeah. If, if that makes somebody gay, count me in. <laughs> uh, the actual majority of the population suddenly became gay. I mean, like, it, it is true. I, I do enjoy touching a certain man's penis. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no quicker way to, to, to bring people to, to accepting homosexuality than, than making masturbation a gay act. <laughs> maybe, well, and maybe that's the reason. Us, wait, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> leave us not forget that every sperm is sacred. <laughs> since we're when, since we're uh, doing a callback to uh, we did a callback to Monty Python's The Meaning of Life earlier we'll do another one <laughs> every sperm is sacred every sperm is great when a sperm yeah, gets wasted God gets quite irate is that mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. hey did, did you have, do you have the map <sighs> that's everything you ever want to know we're all about tortured sacred. by the the millions of souls we've wasted that have never gotten a chance to <laughs> be a fetus and uh, and die within but, three months. Yeah. But I happen to know that most of my sperm were atheists anyway. <laughs> so you know, uh, am I not doing God a favor <laughs> by just putting him on the floor? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, d- I'm not a barbarian. <laughs> I put all of mine into a silk cloth. I, li- I like the idea that there's a minority of your sperm just like dying with, with a tiny little Bible. You need to give them the proper send off. You know, take them, get, get, give a little coffin for a proper size for each one. And, you know. <laughs> That's a lot of coffins. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, give, it, uh, give it a I, mass grave site. I was going to say, mass grave like a, like a, like a foreign dictator. (laughs) I just had the absurd image come to my mind that some of these, uh, sperms are maybe like Jehovah's Witnesses or something. And, you know, the first one to the egg is like, ding dong, have you heard of Jesus Christ (laughs) of Latter-day Saints? And the egg lets them in. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get the turkey baster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they've uh, they've got their missionaries everywhere. (laughs) 
They get rid of a missionary style. Yep. <laughs> I had a, I had a flashback to uh, what was that? Well, Johnny Five when he was talking about when learning about the joke, what God takes uh, God takes what he wants, and he finally gets it. I when Mac was laughing there, he just couldn't control himself. I had I I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Reminded me of that scene. <laughs> I just had an image of sperm in, in white shirts with backpacks and bicycles. <laughs> oh, That's so bad. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to something not as fun. Uh, Toy Story 4 Exposed. So I, I, I'm pretty sure we've done Joshua first scene before, however you pronounce his name. I think that we have. Uh, basically, this yeah. guy is... A loudmouth former um, priest who is determined to warn everyone about how evil the world is. And apparently Toy Story 4 fits into that because of the new character, Sporky, who in this short video on Facebook, he points out is um, neither a fork nor a spoon and has a rainbow sticker on his foot, which is basically Disney and Pixar trying to... um, Brainwash kids into accepting transsexuals. Okay, but oh, is that on his foot? I thought it was just by his foot. No, it's no, on it's his foot. Funny. Yeah. So it's <laughs> go ahead. I mean, he, I think that this guy is living in a fucking bubble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, it Toy is. Toy Story uh, toys are now owned by a little girl, right? So there's nothing yeah. weird about her having. St- uh, I don't know if it's a sticker or like what, but rainbow stuff uh, on her toys. That's nothing weird. No, that's not. I mean, who knows? I, I, who cares? I do think this guy is living in a bubble. Unfortunately, it is oxygen. The uh, thing is, yeah, I mean, he doesn't even have any uh, any information about who this character. Right. I don't have any information about who this character is. Do any of you know who this character is? Yeah, um, I haven't seen the movie yet, but basically, um, our new little girl. I can't. I can't remember her name right off the bat. Um, early on, creates a school project and takes it home, and it comes to life as a toy. And um, uh, for some reason, Woody's obsessed with making sure that nothing happens to Sporky because um, it, he means so much to the little girl. Well, Woody is obsessed with making sure nothing happens to any toy as long as it, uh, my understanding as long as it doesn't is, interfere with his, his playtime. Yeah, no, well, actually, part of my understanding in this one is that Woody is not getting played with that much. He is actually not a favored toy of hers. For some reason, and um, that is part of why he's so obsessed with helping this new toy um, survive because apparently it means so much to the little girl. Hmm. So, so I mean, but, if if there was a whole sort of subplot about uh, how uh, Sporky felt different from other toys or whatever, uh, and, like not fitting in and stuff, like maybe, maybe they'd have something there. But uh, I'm no, not getting that vibe. It's more of him just existing that puzzles him. It's like, how am well, I, I from from what I saw, and I've not seen the movie either. But uh, Sporky or Forky or whatever his name is, he feels like he should be trash, not a toy. Yeah. So he technically does feel different. Why does he have yeah, a rainbow so on his there, foot? Maybe there's some overtones of that in there, but it doesn't. Fe- it it doesn't seem uh, very like explicit in that direction to me. It, why well, it's why one is there of those a rainbow? Things that is more of I'm looking for stuff to be able to be irate about. Yeah, he he does that, but why is there a rainbow on his foot? I mean, what what is it? What why is it there? Wait, wait, because he was created by a girl. It, it, did you, and is that it? Yeah, well, let's a not, little girl let's in her not, craft class. Yeah, okay. I I think that this uh, I think this gentleman is 
is not at uh, he's not understanding that the rainbow is actually God's promise not to destroy the earth. Again. Well, that's that's a, I mean we we did a whole article about how they want to take the rainbow back. <laughs> yeah, they built a whole fucking ark about. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. Uh, I I don't know. I I I he's definitely trying to make something of nothing. But yeah, yes. I, I the reason I put the article in here that I did. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot that we can say about Disney's um, pro. What do I want to say? Normalization of um, of gays and lesbians, and in their in their willingness to just include them in their programming. With, with, and, and not say and, and and that's it. Not they don't say anything more than you know than this person's gay. You know they they have a different mod, they have a different family structure and stuff like that. We've seen that in some of their shows. Um, you know that there there was a there was a, I think it was a lesbian couple in one show, and and, yeah. and they have been, and, and they didn't go out of their way to advertise it or anything. It just happened to be there. Um, and I think that Disney has been, uh, at least that was my impression. Um, somebody could correct me on that. Maybe they maybe they've been more um, heavy fisted with it than that. But their stance on this stuff has been pretty inclusive. And it's been it's not been time, yes. it's been to normalize it rather than to to throw it in people's faces. Right. Um, and and, right. and this is under CEO um, Iger. Um, well, they've and, gotten a bit better about these things too. So um, uh, Bob, there was the uh, Disney made um, Once Upon a Time. They did have a kiss between uh, Red Red Riding Hood and Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Right. Well, they also uh, also Mulan was. I believe she was bisexual, and she was both. She was yep. attracted to both uh, Sleeping Beauty and Prince Philip. <laughs> yep, she was. God. Wait, what? Yep. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a the the show is different. I, I was okay. gonna say dumpster fire, but <clears throat> dumpster fire. I have no I, idea. You what know, the-, the first couple seasons were really good, and yeah. then they they kind of they've kind of jumped the shark and then jumped back over it several times. Yeah, it was. So okay, I don't know what you guys are referring to, um, and so that that's fine. It's a TV series, TV series called Once Upon a Time. Oh, I okay. Is it is that in that's a Disney production? Yes. Okay, right. uh, Oh yeah, very ABC, ABC, which was owned by Disney. Okay. Yeah, I guess a lot of Disney references. Dumbass and I used to watch it together. (laughs) So this article that I put in here is Disney CEO warns Georgia abortion law would make it very difficult to film in their state. So, and and I put this in here because he one of the things he says in this short little clip is basically the people that they employ would find it difficult to work in Georgia if they were to pass this law. And they would probably have to move their production studio. He, it isn't a threat. He, it doesn't sound like a threat to me. It just, it just. He, I mean, he is warning them that listen, if you do this, this will be one of the consequences that we will that we will probably have to remove this this studio. It's, it's, so, it is, it is kind of a threat. Sure, but it's a, it's a threat to the pocket. Well, it is, it, and, but he feels it's a real reality of their situation, right? That that if they did that, that yeah. the people they employ would find it difficult to continue to work in that state. Yeah. They do have rules on uh, actors on what they can and cannot do, so I'm not surprised that they would put what the area they're working in can or cannot do. That's well, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. They're just saying that he what the way he the way he phrases it is that 
if they were to pass this law that would make people that that he employs uncomfortable <clears throat> continue to work in the state. And I imagine that, you know, they, they're in a position to just up and move it somewhere else. Oh, very um, easily. Um, and, you know, bottom line, what do Christians love more than control? More control. Money. Well, that's, that's true. Right. And that, and that could be an issue that, that, that could be uh, something that could prevent Georgia from, from passing this law is, is because it could affect their personal. I don't know how much. I, I, I imagine that, I mean, Disney's a, not a small company. Um, I'm a, I imagine that Disney brings in a very large dollar. To yeah, that that could be. Apparently, they don't have a presence in Alabama, um, so I don't know what's going to happen with Georgia. But I did find, but but the 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 idea that I mean, here's the thing: is that we this guy, um, whatever is what is the guy's name? He doesn't have to manufacture something about a spork, right? He can just go look at what what Disney's actual positions on things are, and and go after them, and he would have a real issue, right? It's just yep. easier because Toy Story is something that the people are going to be taking their children to see, and so that that's where his attack is. Not because he he I, I don't know that how much he really cares about these issues. What he cares about is views on his channel, and and it's much more likely to attacking Disney is is a way to get views, and particularly Toy Story, right? Yeah. But attacking Disney over Toy Story is not only going to get you views, but it's also kind of lazy. Well, it, it doesn't is. really do yeah. anything exactly. Yeah. But I would question this. I I question this guy's integrity anyway, right? I I think I think this is about clickbait and not really about positions. No. Well, yeah, yeah. He didn't even bother to look into uh, the story and what the spork thing was about. Well, also um, with him, he has a base of people that want him to be this absurd because um that's what they look for oh they point out another evil to us that you know th these are the people that follow the conspiracies um that the others like him keep popping up i mean this is why we had the one guy go into the pizza parlor with guns same type of rhetoric they feed on it right and so yeah. people like him have to deliver it in order to keep his um base coming back for more Right. So it's about it, but it's, yes, yeah, exactly. It's about attracting the base back to his, you know, back to their, you know, it's about that, that getting those clicks, which is why I'm naming this episode while robots are putting your locals prostitute out of, out of business <laughs> just for the clicks. She's no more clickbait. <laughs> Don't you think that'll give me the clicks? I think Wait. it could give you clicks. Clickety <laughs> click. Uh, I don't know. I, here's the, uh, I, I, I don't know. That that guy I, I really think that it's manufactured. It's not real. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just anything any little thing that he can come up with for a sensationalized video, right? No. I, there, I mean he, he knows nothing about the situation. He knows nothing about the character. But but attacking Disney is, you know, is is good for business. <clears throat> and Toy Story and putting Toy Story four in the title, you know, Toy Story Four Exposed in your title. Is 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 clickbaitish, right? <laughs> it's sensationalism. Oh, yeah. That is. It's just and doesn't really have anything. But and, yeah, and in Ian Clift. What would be really funny is if like the uh, if, if if the movie had like a uh, like really prominent lesbian couple or something in it, and he's like here complaining about the rainbow on a toy shoe. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Book bars. What extremely offensive response. To extremely negative comments with book uh, uh, It's actually an official response. 
Oh, official, extremely official response. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It. okay. So, tell me what's going um, on. I, I know this is happening around the country, but this one I think is specifically here in Denver. Um, this one bookstore does um, story time with the drag queen. So they have a drag queen come in, read story to kids. A lot of, you know, apparently it's a lot of fun for everyone involved, but needless to say, we have a certain group in our society that thinks this is the most horrible thing possible because um, drag queens apparently, no matter what, have to be sexualized and they're all gay and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I know quite a few drag queens and they're not all gay. And well, while in the adult stuff they do, and they even will say this is an adult thing, they can be quite sexual and bad, but... In something like this, they are going to, you know, they can be some of yeah, the... Yeah, they're going to behave. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great people. They really are. They're just better yeah, dressed so... than you are. <laughs> I don't deny that one bit. <laughs> um, but so here we have, um, you know, the, the bookstore got targeted by um, some people who were... Um, I, I think this is the one that actually got vandalized in the middle of Drag Queen Storytime. I know one of them did <laughs> recently. Um, it was pretty messed up. So, um, in the aftermath, of course, um, they got a bunch of, um, comments on Twitter and Facebook or whatever, going to them, to, uh, asking some really dumb questions. Um, why drag queen story time in the first place? Uh, they, they, we are a community bookstore that responds to the needs of the community. So we tried out a variety of themes, fire and brimstone story time. A man dressed as a preacher reads stories about children burned who are born <laughs> sinners. And if they... Don't act right. They will be cast into a pit of fire for all eternity. <laughs> uh, baby Seals Club story time. To call attention to the plight of Baby Seals, admittedly the pinata might have been a little over the top. And so those are the type of responses to these questions. Oh, my God. So I'm curious about this, uh, this actual event. Is it uh, just um, a, a drag queen comes in and just reads a regular story, or does the drag queen read some sort of pro... Uh, uh, pro gay, not necessarily pro gay, pro gay, but stuff about tolerance. You know, they they did their focus on stories that focus on tolerance. I, I just, I, I love the, uh, I love the thing. It, it where it says children actually respond well to rainbows, glitter, dressing up in costumes, and stories <laughs> about love, and kindness, unity, and acceptance. Apparently, one of the questions they got, or one of the comments they got, I don't want my tax dollars going to this library. Uh, <laughs> a cool bookstore. They're not the same thing. We sell books. Um, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. With it in principle, oh, it kind of like it kind of makes me uncomfortable whenever they make uh, children's books to explicitly push uh, some kind of uh, message. Even when I agree with that message, that kind of makes me a little mm. uncomfortable. I yeah. I don't know. I I don't know that. The, I think they're just. What are they reading when they come in? Is it they're, just... they're reading children's books about tolerance okay. for the most part. All right. Well, you know, the, the children's book and stuff like uh, another comment. I love this one. We do not want this up down our throats. The, the reply from the books are, we hear you. How about this? The next time we host a drag queen story time, we will not round up everyone and forcibly shove them into the story against their will. So, <laughs> that's a good response to that. I mean, uh, presumably only the parents who agree with this and want their children exposed to that would be bringing their kids right. there. That's so. the thing. Yeah. And that, <laughs> Right now, as we're doing this podcast, I know for a fact that at Mile High Comics, they are doing an all-age drag show. They do it monthly now, um, and they've gotten protests. So um, today, they actually had people volunteer to come out there with um, 
colorful umbrellas to basically allow the families to get into Mile High, Com Mile High Comics without having to, um, without the protesters being able to directly do anything. You know, so. Well, you know, it's it's immoral for people to dress outside of their gender. So um, we need to start shooting women pants. I, I imagine that most, <laughs> I imagine that most, um, most cities have a, a drag queen community, but Denver has qu yeah. quite a big drag queen community. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have and drag the queen is, bingo and all well, sorts of stuff going on up there. Right. Well, going off of my like, comic and the owner, um, Chuck, he has a drag queen persona known as Betty Pages. He is part <laughs> of a group called the Imperial Court. The Imperial Court is an LGBTQ and allies group that basically raises money for all manner of charity. And they do it through drag shows. And Chuck's very highly involved with them. They are doing a lot of good in, in their communities. And it, you know, the, the, I can't figure out the harm in it. It's okay. It makes you uncomfortable. Great. Don't watch it. Don't be part of it. But these are actually good people. Um, I've met quite a few of them now. They're not pedophiles. Um, mm -hmm. They have an awesome sense of humor. It's a lot of fun to be around this crowd. Not only that, I think that aren't most drag queens actually straight? <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not. Like, I mean, it, it's it's not like it's some gay fetish <laughs> thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, I've, uh, I'm not sure if it's most drag queens, but I, I've heard that most cross dressers uh, actually uh, are heterosexual. Yeah, yeah. I, I know a few women that are faux drag, basically women that dress up as if they were men in drag. And um, the ones I know are completely straight, so it's not some weird. You know, they just enjoy doing it. So they enjoy the culture. They enjoy, sure, you know, everything that goes with it. And once more, there's really no harm being done. But there's one group sides they're uncomfortable with it all. And but there's always a group that's going to be uncomfortable with it. Hey, Ian, I think technically for it to be faux drag, I think they have to do it in, in a Vietnamese noodle place. Uh, that's 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 that would be pho drag. <laughs> Uh, I love I love down below the thing about uh, not having it shoved down people's throats. The next question is: People also enjoy watching dog fights and cockfights, but those are not okay either. Correct? Dog fights and cockfights are not okay. Also, next up, drag queen cage match. Thank you for the suggestion. Book recommendation: Fight Club. <laughs> See, because um, what grown-ups have already have fully informed opinions, we recognize that we really have to start when with when children are young in order to indoctrinate them into a message of unconditional love and acceptance for of everyone everywhere grown-ups have already decided whether or not they're going to be meanie poo-poo heads <laughs> as evidenced by some of the comments we've received <laughs> Yeah, see that—that's a—that's the kind of thing that makes me a little uncomfortable because, like, uh, I don't object to the message, but uh, I do kind of uh, think that, uh, like, w whatever the message, when uh, when parents get uh, like books that uh, have like some sort of moral message at the end of the story or something, I always roll my eyes at that. It makes just uh, oh, you like the little dinosaur ones that your mom got you. <laughs> I, I suppose uh, the, you mean like uh, serendipity. I do remember that had a yes. message to it, and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I, I remember that. One. I, I suppose I do have uh, some fond memories of uh, those kind of books that, that my mom used to get me. But it, uh, as an adult, it still kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit. Well, that's because you don't like to be in a situation where something is being told to you 
as being a um, a moral story. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't like having morals told to me. Like a discussion about uh, morals and uh, how we think about these things; those are all wonderful. But uh, but I mean, but at, at, whenever... at a certain age, the discussions aren't. You know, you, the, you have stories to tell the kids to get them to understand it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Doctor Seuss stories are not all just fun stories. They do actually, you know, like the Butter Battle book is about how stupid war is and the silly things we fight over. It doesn't necessarily. Oh, yeah. I mean, go my my uh, my grade seven teacher made us put a play based on uh, the Lorax. Uh, mm-hmm. Was like really like uh, about the message of it and stuff. Well, yeah. in, I, I guess in, I guess with kids, it can seem like it uh, like they they put the message in like really thickly a lot of the time. Well, but sometimes and, uh, I, I prefer my messages to be a little more uh, subtle. I guess is, is my thinking. Sure, but with kids, that isn't exactly how you. That isn't how you teach a kid. Right. Yeah. That that's a, I mean, a, a well-informed I'm adult not, with a I'm reasoning not, frontal sure cortex. You, and this is my thing. I'm not sure about using stories as a as a way of teaching morality to children. I'm not sure that's a, well. That, that's a thing. Like people always think is a good thing, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've never been quite so sure about that. So how do you teach them about good things? No, you teach them about morals by uh, being a good example, and uh, of course having these uh, age-appropriate, of course, conversations with them about them. Right, which is why I needed books. <laughs> books do help well no i mean because i don't want to be able to live by my example <laughs> <laughs> See, that that's that's pretty much the uh the argument for the bible too isn't it though well I, well I actually I um we can go into some of that here in the next story i was just gonna say because... you know but but here's the thing is that the, whether or not the, these children's books always have a message whether whether intentional or not and i think in some ways i'd rather them be aware of their message like the curious george novels Jen would not let um, the kids read those books because Curious George gets into trouble and never has any consequences for his actions, and she yeah. and she thought that 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 gave a uh, that 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 was not okay, and so and that was certainly not the intentions of those books. But but when you look at what Curious George does, she has a point. Well, so, it also just, teaches, uh, yeah, and that that's uh, that's one of the things that that I object to. All these the looking for like hidden messages. And plain fun little stories that you know, like like these stories are going to like warp our kids' minds and shape them in certain ways, um, and uh, that's that's just one of those things that makes me uncomfortable. Wow. That uh, I, I don't think that uh, that uh, that's something that uh, is really something we should be concerned about. Well, I'll tell you what: you could raise your kids the way you want to raise your kids, and I'll raise <laughs> my kids the way I want to raise my kids. Dumbass. Yeah. How did your mom do stories with you? She sat down and read them with you when yeah. you were younger. Yeah, yeah. And then she would discuss with you what you thought about it. I suppose so. Uh, I don't have uh, really detailed me- memories of story time from when I was a little kid. Did I do that? Uh, discuss stories with me? Yeah. Um, I don't really remember. As a writer, I can tell you, um, I very much put political ideas into my stories, and sometimes I go out of my way to make them obvious. Sometimes they're just there. But the art of writing in general is going to have political messages. They're going to have things that you're. I mean, I don't. I don't object uh, to there being like messages in the stories. Um, I I find it uh, like when they when they're really ham-fisted about it, I find it uh, uh, disconcerting. No matter what the message is, he doesn't like the smacky in the head. But you can't you can't have a book written without a writer, and can't have a writer without something to say. Yeah, 
And so your, stu- your stuff is going to get in there no matter what. Having raised two boys at the, the younger ages, you kind of had to be more in space. And you, you couldn't Maybe. be subtle. If you, but that's true, you know. of kid, that's true of kids in general. I mean, as young younger kids... As they learn to reason, that 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 changes, and in, in the in the books that are age appropriate change with them, right? I mean, the, the, these books. I'm sorry, dumbass. These books are not age appropriate for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that you were always and always since you were a kid a person who questioned everything. I think your dislike of pounding it into your head is the factor that it might not give a choice or does not seem to give a choice to the child to question him. I, I suspect my wife would agree well, with dumbass, though. I, I think I'll bet she would. I'll have to ask her about this, but I suspect that, that she that she is uh, more in favor of the of the subtle messaging as opposed to the ham-fisted as well. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think people have this idea that uh, you've got to teach your tr- children about morality early on and you have to like do it like uh, really blatantly teach them about morality. And I think that kids are just going to get develop a moral sense on their own. I don't think it's something yeah, I, I agree. that needs to be taught to them. Uh, so, dumbass, I think the word you're looking for is indoctrinate. <laughs> well, and that's what, and that is. I mean, that is a problem, right? And I, I think I, I don't know. I actually probably agree with dumbass as much as I'm making fun of him. <laughs> I agree. I, so. I disagree. <laughs> no, so, I, uh, actually, um, I. Agree with him, but I see it both ways in this. You um, can, you a can, certain level of. Um, I, you know. I'm, I, certain, I certainly have no objection to uh, children being taught that uh, people who like to, like men who like to dress up in women's clothing, are okay, and uh, that you don't need to uh, uh, make fun of them or anything like that. And I, I think in this case, the word usage is kind of specifically making fun of the people who are criticizing. I don't think they necessarily believe. Um, it, at that level, I think they're more or less trying to um, point out, yeah, well, you know, this is what you guys are doing. How dare we do it um, to the stuff we believe in? So I, I think yeah. there is a level there of kind of being. Um, yeah, that, that that is another thing. We want we want to make sure that we don't go in the same indoctrination type of route. Whereas yeah, you know, even true. like things that we're confident in that uh, uh, LGBTQ people uh, deserve to be uh, treated equally. Uh, that uh, we don't want to make that a point of indoctrination that uh, we we have to force that down our children's throat. Right. I agree. Learn. This stuff can be they done tactfully. Learn. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, just one more thing about uh, Curious George. How does uh, how does your wife feel, Brian, about the fact that, that the Curious George books bestow an unhealthy level of trust in men in yellow hats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does tend to... <laughs> Get around men's hats, yellow hats. Oh, just one. <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't know. All right, our next article is going to be our last. Would, would we want to end? I, I'm. I'm happy to end on homosexuality in the Bible if, if you guys, if you guys are, yeah. or do we want to do something else? I we Almost. I would go either that or we go to uh, we go to uh, why you can't call burgers burgers unless they're from slaughtered animals. Um, I would like to skip that one until I've read it. Okay. Because I didn't get to it, but I, but uh, I'm happy to put that in uh, to the you next week's show notes. Make it? I'm not seeing it anywhere. It's somewhere down in culture and connection. There's so much stuff. People have been really good about putting stuff in the in the document. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty in here. Um, I don't see that. Where where is that? 
Oh, that is Mississippi, Mississippi makes it a jailable offense to call plant-based or cultured meat patties burgers. Okay, I haven't read this. Um, okay, um, so I would like to skip it. Okay, uh, so I th- I say we end with homosexuality mm-hmm. uh, in the Bible. Okay, so this is an article <laughs> from Forge, and the name of the article is "Has Homosexual Always Been in the Bible?" So we have one guy who obviously is wanting to learn more about the Bible. And, um, you know, the, the translations and how it's changed over the um, millennia, although I guess millennia, um, you know, over the centuries. So he went and got older versions of the Bible in various languages and got with friends that spoke those languages and went through and compared the translation base. The main thing he talks about here is looking at um, Leviticus um, 1822 and 2013, where it refers to man shall not lie with a man. He goes through all these different um, translations that he had his friends look at, and each one said the same thing. In these older translations, the word that is used does not mean man. Okay. It means young boy. Okay, here, here's here's your... I, 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 the first problem I have is that we're talking about the Hebrew or Greek language, and I know... And depending on the the portion of the Bible, I think they were, you know, one might have been written in Greek, one might have been written in Hebrew. Both those languages have fewer words than we have. The the English language has the most words of any language. So you're translating something that has... has right. uh, well, these are the ones that were kind of in between. These, okay. these are ones that are not the original originals, but they're before the present versions we're using here. So they're the ones that were translated into the King James Version. King James did not go all the way back and do the Greek. They took these versions that had been out there, and that's what they— um, They took them from the Greek. They didn't go back to the Hebrew. Okay, yeah. They didn't go all the way back. But so the ones they went back to all had a—in all these different languages, basically um, are saying that the actual act referred to in um, Leviticus— is a man will not lie down with a young boy. That, that's what okay. If I remember correctly, wasn't it more that he shouldn't lie down with a young boy the way he lies down with another man? It says, uh, well, it depends I, It depends on your Bible. I mean, where where are they getting this from? So, so in the, I think this is from the King James that I'm looking at. A man should not lie with a, with a man as one lies with a female. Right. Um, it is an abomination. Leviticus. Yeah. So, like I said, according to this, in a Greek translation from 1534, that word should be uh, um, referring to a young boy, not a man. But here's the problem: that it could be that the same word it was used for both, and in that context, actually is very important here. Right, and once more, that's why he goes even further back. A 1673 translation and 1830 Norwegian translations both use a once more specific word that was not man, it was um, calling them a boy abuser, boy molester. That is the words that were used. That's what they translated. Yeah, but but Ian, you're you're completely disregarding that all of these translations that they're looking at were all done by people with a very liberal bent of mind. And so when the good, you know, when the conservatively (laughs) rewritten Bible comes out, then the word homosexual will always have been in there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's yeah well yeah that's from the other podcast where they're seeing all this stuff and i suppose we're going to go back to the older translations to get it right and that's where it's interesting that the older translations are using a whole different wording um and if you look, keep going through it says 
For most of history, most European Bibles taught the tradition that these four verses, four verses were dealing with pedestrian, basically... Um, Pederasts. Peder okay. Pederasty, yeah. not homosexuality. That was how the European Bibles were doing it for the longest time. It is oh. actually not until um, about 100 years ago, the King James Version, that started deciding that that meant homosexuality. Well, and it doesn't even say that. It didn't even say that until 1946, according to something in the article that I saw there. Right. Well, we all know that uh, homosexuality <clears throat> and pedophilia are the same thing, right? <laughs> that's what they want. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's what they seek to believe and put out there. But, you know, once well, more... I mean, the, 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 thing that, the thing that I'm finding interesting here is I don't think the Greeks really had the same concept of pedophilia or or uh, homosexuality that we do no. now well, um, because and... I mean there was a there was a very big tradition in classical Greece of older warriors initiating younger boys and they yeah. didn't consider anything and be, well we know stuff like wrong with um, that. Michelangelo's David had a small penis for a reason because at the time it was more attractive to have a smaller penis that was more um, young boy-like than a larger man-like one. We, we know that's a thing. It, it was the society. And we do know the Greek society did have a, um, I forget the whole thing, if you were a slave boy, you were um, fair game or something like that. There was some messed up stuff happening at that time, which um, would make yeah, And as a, as a grown man, uh, it wasn't seen as uh, anything uh, wrong to... Uh, penetrate a young boy, but if you were penetrated by the young boy, uh, then that was extremely shameful. Yeah, it, we know society very emasculating. Feminist. Yeah, and so you know, from the time frame this was written, it actually almost makes more sense as to that being the, the focus, not the homosexuality thing. Um, you know, it fits more in with what we know of where society was then. Does this so, matter? Well, it matters in regards to the um, Christian's whole argument. Um, does it though? <laughs> they they keep wanting to say the Bible is the word of God, and they need to follow the word of God. And the word of God says homosexual uh, homosexuality in general is an abomination. Clearly, they well, think if the original translations think... actually don't say that, it's once more one of those things showing that hey, listen, you know, this, this stuff's been manipulated, and you know, I... it it doesn't say what you um someone decided it says. And if you really want to believe the Bible is the word of God. Go back to the earlier translations and see what it says. Who who are they trying to convince with this? Everyone. Well, if you get to the end, they're, what they're, real, they're saying is this is for LGBTQ Christians. Right. So that they have a weapon. So that they can say, hey, listen, you, you guys need to study up on um, the history of the Bible and what it actually has been translated through because, you know, your arguments against us telling us we're horrible sinners and going to hell don't add up. It's not there. Right, but the, the the better thing to do would be to question about how this can be the word of God in the first place and make atheists well, out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just, I mean, if we can just get them that. to dump this book entirely, this this is like this is like the last gasp of of some Christian organization trying to just hold on to a few more people because it you know just to, just to give these 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 people what just a slight reason to believe. That they're that you know God could exist, that, that and, and keep them as Christians. Well, I 
I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because most Christians I know disbelieve. And if you're an LGBTQ who does believe and have been treated like crap and told um, you're an abomination and how horrible you are, I could see this being very comforting. I could see this being the kind of thing they find and say, okay, good, I, I, I'm not horrible for being the way I am. Um, you know, I, I see it being more of a mental thing for them because they, you know, if you are raised in the church and you are LGBTQ and you do believe in God and stuff, the whole idea of what is being pushed on you, the whole idea of the people you love busy claiming how horrible you are. This is the kind of stuff that says, okay, look, I, I believe in God. I believe in Christianity. And right here, it's saying you guys are wrong and you guys have been wrong and I'm not the monster you're making me out to Okay, be. but how is this any different than the article we covered about the people trying to make the conservative Bible? It's oh. different because of the factor that the LGBT community does go through all of this and are extremely abused by family and friends yeah. who yeah, sure, but, because of okay. what they think is the but word this of is, God. But this is somebody trying to interpret the Bible even extremely liberally, and they're trying to, and they're going to go back, and they're going to, and they're going to um, uh, interpret the Bible very conservatively, right? We still have two translations. I, 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 I kind of see what you're saying here that um, that uh, it uh, the, this kind of uh, lets the Bible off the hook as being the thing, like it, it doesn't. Uh, well, the Bible uh, isn't the thing. That that's one of the bigger problems with the soul. Is the Bible is not the what really. Makes creates the bigotry and hatred. It is the using of it. That the Bible is a tool, right? And exactly. Know how to use it. This is one group saying we want to take this tool and use it this way to make um to make you feel better about yourself. While the conservative group seems to be going the other way, saying we will make this tool make you feel worse about yourself. No, they. they, they it's just it's just about controlling different sets of people. Mm, that is a point. Bible is fucking fiction. It's fiction, right? Well, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can you I can know. I can see how you how you'd want like uh, there to be more fo- more focus on like uh, should be ignoring this document whatsoever uh, whether it tells you, you that being gay is good or bad it's not important although uh, there there is a big part of me that thinks okay uh, if you're going to use your own document to uh, say that uh, to say these things and your own document doesn't say that I want to shove that in your face. Here's the thing. Thank you. The 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 Bible the the, the Bible that. You know the the New Testament was pretty much written by Paul, not Jesus, right? That that's Paul's yeah. Paul's document. And Jesus Paul didn't write any of the Bible. And Paul was very, I mean, he was sexually repressed to begin with. It's a sexually repressed book, right? Yeah. It, it's telling and people to leave their families. It, John was the better songwriter. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh wait, wrong uh, Paul. Sorry, wrong Paul. <laughs> I I don't know. I I, I just. I feel like everybody's interpreting the Bible to suit their own needs, and and I don't and I and I get to a point where I don't care which translation is correct. No, I God I, is not actually, the author of confusion, right? God is not the author of confusion. Is that is that is that what the Bible says? As as time goes by, the Bible as a document becomes less and less relevant to me, and it wasn't very relevant in the first place. But I can also understand that. People who do believe in the Bible, I guess, want to have a Bible that looks like. Sure. You know, they they want to be able to, they want to be able to say to family who have basically cut them off that, look, I wasn't wrong. It doesn't say this in here. I do not not want to encourage Christians to cut off 
people because they don't look like they look. They don't have like yeah. they because they because they have because they because they love somebody of the same sex because they because they're transgender because they're queer. I, I, that that's not that that's not what I'm trying to do. And I understand that these people these people's intentions may be very good. But the problem is we're still working with an imperfect document, and God is not supposed yeah. to be the author of confusion. The fucking book said that. And and everybody has their own interpretation of the Bible, and, and we all sit back here, you know, in, in the in the peanut gallery going, well, which one is correct? And, and the more likely assumption is that they're probably none of them is actually correct. Every one of them is just someone's interpretation. Well, oh, actually, if anything, one of the that's one of the great arguments ever, because I know I've had Christians talk about, oh, the reason I know the Bible is so perfect is because it's so perfectly translated. You can go all the way back and find the exact. And it's like uh, people who actually go back and study it find all sorts of different ways to translate it. Oh yeah, which kills your arguments about how great it is and how it you know if you're basing your whole faith on your belief that the Bible is such a perfect thing. There's more than enough evidence that no, it's not. It, why? I, I but, think so. that I think what you're looking for, Ian, is the reason that I know the Bible so well is because it says what I want it to at the time that I need to say that. Yeah, and that's a, a dangerous thing. Listen, here's the thing: there's an RSV, there's an NIV, there's an American Standard, there's the King James, there's a New King James, there's a New American Standard, and there's how many? I mean, thousands of translations. I saw I saw an extreme an extreme living Bible on my sister's desk yesterday. Right and I asked her if Jesus drinks Mountain Dew in that one and she said <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I I just I, I don't feel like we need another interpretation. We just need this book to go away. Yeah, I actually agree with you there, but it's not. That's one thing okay. you have to face, Brian. I, I, it is very much um out there and it's going to be something <clears throat> that our society is going to have for a while for good or ill it's not going away anytime soon the influence of it is too strong despite the fact that all christians are such victims and are being so repressed right now because they're still the majority of our um culture and still have quite a bit of power right but is this going to help i I, I do see what you're saying though where that where that uh, this group is trying to make uh people feel better about themselves because of the bible when that is not a very good reason to make themselves feel good well, it's because of the way people treat them, uh, like their family and friends. Right, they, but I'm not convinced that this is going to make them get treated any no, this better. Is, it wouldn't make them. It's it's really it's no. Just attempt. It's no different in my eyes than saying it's okay to be gay because Dumbledore is gay. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the whole debate over the Little Mermaid, right? Um, what's the big deal if she's black? If anything. Let the black girls have a black Little Mermaid look and say, oh, cool, I look like her. They did the well, same think, thing with Annie. I think that if anything, 70 years of Aquaman comics have shown us that, that Atlanteans are white and blonde. <laughs> yeah, but that might not be Atlantean. Mm. I don't know. I just, I just feel like... I, uh, I don't know if they live underwater. I think they're Atlanteans. No, I don't think I so. I mean, I don't, I don't know... Spade spade. What if they're mm. the other side of the world? I don't know anything about this group, um, other than the than the article that you presented here. I get what they what they want to do. They'd like to they'd like to reinterpret this in a light that's that's more favorable for 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 these LBGT pe- people. That sounds awful when I hear it out loud. <laughs> um, and I don't I don't want it to be. I just they may you feel just better want, after reading you this. You want the document to be less relevant. 
Yeah, because here's the problem. So they they may read this and go, oh, okay, I feel better about my choices now. But the but the person who just kicked them out of their house because because they're um because they're gay um, has their own Bible with has, their own exactly right. Yeah. So so well, what so and, is it going to read help? It and knows what it says anyway because that's there what you they go mean. exactly right because because ultimately all this is superfluous. People have already made their choices of what they believe and and they're going to act on them no matter what this book says. Yeah. The, the book I they mean, just um, use the book to back I, it up. I, I do agree that uh, you should if you if you want to feel good about yourself and your sexuality or who you are, that it, it shouldn't come from something like a Bible. Uh, that's not a good source for that. But we're, I don't th- know if we're the best group to decide the importance of that because we're not believers. Okay. None of us put our faith in the Bible or, th- or believe that we need God to tell us how to live our lives. We're also yeah. we're also uh, with the exception of Mad Cat. Cisgendered males. Yeah. All, all that's We're true. The, all, all that's true. I mean, I, I, I we, agree. We are not homosexuals who are trying to deal with our faith in God and Jesus and stuff while the, the, the book we've been handed is telling us how we're abominations. And okay. you know, breaking free from religious beliefs that you have been born into is not an easy thing. It's not something you just casually do, even if. Your lifestyle seems to go against what you're being taught. I would love to hear from somebody that this has actually helped. Yeah. And, and if it does help yeah. somebody, I, that, that that's great. I, that, I, that's not that's that, uh, that's not my argument. Right. I no, I understand exactly what your argument is, uh, and I, to some extent, I agree with you. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I could ask my friends. Hmm? But I have but, two friends who went yeah. who are uh, transgender. Yeah. See, see what they think of this. That that I, th- that'd be far more interesting than than us discussing it. From my perspective, these people are are interpreting it to say what they wanted to say, and the conservatives are interpreting it to say what they wanted to say, and they both have agendas that they're using it for. Whether whether we like those agendas but, or not is is not important. They're 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 using it. It's it's agenda driven. But you know, uh, I mean, like uh, they've got like facts on their side, looking at for for the earliest evidence of what uh, these things actually maybe, said and how they were maybe. interpreted. I, I don't know. I, I I think I think I would like to hear what other scholars have to say about that, right? I mean, certainly, and, uh, and I do kind of like uh, sticking it uh, to these people based on their own book. I love that. <laughs> I, I do love that. I do, I do. I do. But the problem is, is that I, I this is this is. Work. I mean, these are fringe interpreters, if you will. Right, it's not. They're not mainstream in the people that are interpreting this stuff that I'm aware of. Um, and maybe they can change. Maybe maybe they can use it to make changes. I don't know. I'm hesitant to think that this is actually going to do that much good. Yeah, maybe we should put it in a. Um... Brian, I don't think he's French. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the conservative Bible, the translation that we're talking about, has the potential to do a lot of harm. More harm than right. this has the potential to do good. Yeah, I don't disagree. With I you agree that. with that. Um, you know, maybe and, we should. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, oh. maybe soon they'll come out with a come out with a a translation based on a earlier earlier versions of Twilight that end up Bella with, <laughs> with Bella what Team Bella? I don't know. <laughs> he cut out. Yeah. Oh, I said oh, that. Uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Just another reference to the Bible. So. Uh, okay. Well, I well, hope I'm wrong. Should... I hope this does I, a know, lot of good. I think, I think Paul's big problem in the Bible was that he ended up, he ended up shipping uh, Jesus and Mary. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
completely ignored the the strong attraction with Jesus and Judas. <laughs> <laughs> Which I might add, Andrew Lloyd Webber got right. Superstar. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Mac that needs to reboot his router this time. Possible. <laughs> I'm dealing with two psychotic parents. So. Oh, okay. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cappy's had a very bitey. I'm. I'm. I've been. I've been pretty vocal about how about my reticence to think that this is going to do any good. I mean, I, I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I'm wrong. I think that we would be best off hearing from somebody who does who does actually does actually have a, a dog in this fight. Yeah. I. Yeah. I still don't. I just don't want to let the Bible off the hook either. <laughs> no, we're not going to let the Bible off the hook. I think we should do something specifically on the transgender and have a couple of things like this for a person or two to uh, help comment upon yeah. about what they believe. But I, I, always, I feel like this is what people do when they read something in the Bible that they don't like, is that they that they go try to find, reinterpret it in a way that they do. Right? Oh, yeah. it, it, uh, this This uh, is apologetics. This is what apologetics is right here. I'm not going to deny that at all. And apologetics is never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> no, Brian, that's love. Love is never having to say. Uh, no, I, I'm quoting uh, what is the Bible geek. What, what's the name? Uh, what's his name? Anyway, I stole that. <laughs> uh, all right. Is there anything else? No. Uh, sounds like we're good for tonight. All right. Well. Yeah. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. That is another can of dead horse feet this day. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons, share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.